With Radio On The Go News, Brian Fancher reporting. One year ago today, a derecho packing tornadoes and high winds struck Iowa and neighboring states causing at least $1 billion in damage. National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Ansorgi in Des Moines tells Radio On The Go News the ingredients were in place on December 15th 2021 for severe storms. The wind field that you saw at the surface and aloft, it was just very strong. It was really unprecedented. It was a historic event for the state of Iowa. It was the first time we ever had a moderate risk of severe weather potential across the state. That would be a level four out of five, so very high up there for mid-December. And we also had the most tornadoes in Iowa and the most EF2 tornadoes for a given day since 1950s. And Sorge says it was the first ever derecho recorded anywhere in the U.S. during the month of December. There were 63 confirmed tornadoes across the state of Iowa. 21 of those were EF2 or higher tornadoes. That also set a record for the number of EF2 tornadoes. Previous record was 16 tornadoes back in June of 1984. There were quite a few tornadoes that day. And then just overall, the winds were strong, not only with the storms as they moved through, but then just behind it as well. We had strong winds. Decatur City down in southern Iowa had a wind gust of 83 miles per hour. That was at 10 o'clock. So this was after the line that moved through Marshalltown, 81 miles per hour. Here in the Des Moines area, we had 74 miles per hour for a wind gust. And that was all behind those thunderstorms. The highest tornado wind gusts recorded on that day in Iowa, 108 miles per hour near Sheffield. A 39-year-old Mason City man was arrested yesterday and charged with first-degree kidnapping. Mason City Police Department reports about 4.30 a.m. yesterday. Officers were called to 325 First Street Northwest on a report of an assault and a person yelling for help. The caller reported that a door had been kicked in and that there was an ongoing assault. Michael Atkins Jr. was arrested a short time later, not far from the location of the call. He's also facing charges of second-degree sexual abuse, domestic abuse assault for impeding air blood flow, and for public intoxication. Officers determined that there was a single victim, and Atkins and the victim were known to one another prior to the incident. Atkins is being held at the Cerro Gordo County Jail. If convicted of first-degree kidnapping, he would receive the mandatory term of life in prison without parole. An Eagle Grove man has been sentenced to a decade in prison after pleading guilty to meth, marijuana, and gun-related charges. According to a news release from the U.S. Attorney's Office, 40-year-old Russell Spencer was a mid-level meth dealer in central Iowa. Court records indicate Spencer was part of a drug ring that sold meth in 2021, and he made several trips to California to pick up meth and even had it mailed through the U.S. Postal Service. Spencer was arrested after he made three meth sales to undercover officers. He pleaded guilty in August to possessing and distributing meth and marijuana as well as a gun possession charge. Yesterday, the Hardin County Sheriff's Department served warrants to 32-year-old Melissa Harris of Eldora for revoking her probation from the original charge of forgery, for violating her probation from the original charge of driving while barred, and for revoking her probation from the original charges of driving while barred, third-degree theft, and for malicious prosecution. Harris has been held at the Hardin County Jail since November 3rd when she was arrested for controlled substance violation, credit card fraud, and forgery. Jeff Hawbaker was elected last month to the District 3 seat on the Floyd County Board of Supervisors, but he declined to accept the position. A committee made up of the county treasurer, auditor, and recorder intends to fill a vacancy by an appointment. This committee will reconvene on January 2, 2023, 
at the Floyd County Courthouse with the intent to make an appointment to fill the vacancy. District 3 covers the northern and western portions of Floyd County. Eligible electors of District 3 have the right to file a petition with the county auditor requiring that the vacancy be filled by special election. Those applying for the position must submit their application documents no later than 4 p.m. on December 28th to the Floyd County Auditor's Office. More information can be found by going to floydcoia.org. Again, that's floydcoia.org. This week, the Marble Rock City Council considered three different people to fill a vacant seat on the council. The first vote was taken to appoint John Marzen, and it failed on a tie vote. A motion was made to appoint J.R. Ackley, but the motion died for a lack of a second. The Marble Rock City Council then voted four to nothing in improving Lynn Kingery for the council seat. Yesterday, the Hampton-Dumont School Board held a special meeting and approved a recommendation made by the superintendent to change the language in the previously approved early retirement package. The following language was removed, quoting, or secures other employment in which the employer provides insurance coverage, end quote. The original package was approved on November the 30th. Today's guest on the Radio On The Go Newsmaker program is Ann Gardner with Butler County REC, who will discuss the scholarships that will be available from her organization as well as their seeking applicants for the 2023 Youth Tour to Washington, D.C. The Radio On The Go Newsmaker program Here's weekdays during the noon hour on KLMJ following the news, weather, and obituaries with archive programs available under the News tab at RadioOnTheGo.com. For Radio On The Go News, Brian Fincher reporting.